1: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on
2: 630 Chad. He blitzes right past Marshawn to the net. Ditches. One-timer score. Leon Dreisaitl. What a play by
0: McDavid. Dreisaitl's got it back. 10 seconds of
1: Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630
2: Chad. NHL action tonight. The Coyotes and the Lightning tied 1-1. Six minutes left in the first period. The Coyotes one point ahead of Minnesota. For the final playoff spot in the Western Conference, Arizona also two behind Dallas. Coming up later tonight, Vancouver is in Chicago. The Jets will take on the Kings. And Vegas, fresh off their win over the Oilers last night, will be taking on the San Jose Sharks. That one doesn't start until 8.30. The Oilers 1-1 one and one so far on their three-game road trip. Overtime win in Arizona. And then simply outclassed last night against the Golden Knights. They will play at St. Louis Tomorrow night face-off show here on six thirty. Chad will start at four thirty, and the game will be at six. I know there are two questions I get a lot of these days. Number one, people come up to me and say, "Reed, how do you keep your hair looking so lush and full?" Well, that's an answer for another day. Second question is, "Reed, what's going on with the uh, Oilers' uh, general manager job?" Well, here's the thing. Uh, I think we're going to be we could be waiting a while to get a new general manager. Uh, I mean, Bob Nicholson has not started doing interviews yet. There are some candidates that he will not be permitted to interview until those teams are eliminated out of the playoffs. Uh, this There could not be a hire until into June, very, very much so, for the Oilers general manager position. So I think with the draft, you'd probably have uh, Keith Gretzky and Bob Green overseeing the process going into that, and then eventually a new GM would come in, and if it's not Keith Kretzky, and have his own information, his own players that he prefers. But uh, I think this is going to be a bit of a a longer process. I don't think this is a situation where we're going to come out first, uh, you know, one or two weeks after the regular season ends, and there's going to be a new GM, and there's going to be a new coach. So if, if it's very possible that we don't have a GM until, say, sometime in June, then it's obviously that we're not going to have a coach until sometime in June as well. That's if it's not Hitch. I don't think it will be. Uh, I know Hitch uh, has uh, been told he can have a job with the team he'd probably be some sort of consultant or coaching advisor or something like that if he wants to do that Uh, but I would think that they would want to have a coach obviously for July 1st because the coach and Rob Brown will vouch for this the coach is the number one guy that players are going to think about if they're going to be attracted here for free agency. So anyway, just a a few updates on that as we move along tonight. Hey, my name is Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. This portion of the show is presented by Furnace Family, your 24-7 furnace repair and replacement specialist. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. You can reach out at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. We will have uh, a good chunk of open line and Interaction time uh, a little bit later on in the show though if you do call in earlier we can try to squeeze you in but we do have some guests line up starting with this young man one of the hottest teams in the NHL over the last couple months. Defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, St. Albert's Colton Pareko. Colton, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you doing? Doing very well. It's great to have you back on the show. Of course, the Blues and Oilers set to go head-to-head tomorrow night. And, man, the Blues have become a pretty big story in the National Hockey League, Colton. Let's, let's start there. You guys... Lost to Edmonton in a shootout on December 5th. The Oilers got a goal late in the third and and beat you. I'm sure you remember that one because I'm sure it stung. And after that loss, you guys were second last in the entire NHL. And now you're 14th overall. I mean, what's changed since then, man? You had an 11-game winning streak in in that span. What turned it around for you guys?
0: Yeah, I think uh, we just kind of started to find our stride, I think. Obviously, we got the players um, that that you need to be successful, and it was just a matter of time of kind of putting it all together. We got a few new guys over the off season, that, um, just kind of getting everybody together and putting each other in, in the same systems, and um, just kind of starting to to mesh. Um, but no, I just it just take a little time. Um, there was no doubt that eventually we'd find our game, and I think that we had to continue to build and keep building and. Um, I think one of the biggest things that that just changes uh, definitely our work ethic and and the way that we approach games. We kind of kind of starting to come to games expecting to win games now, and um, I think that that's really important. So just overall, I think we've just stuck with the process. Um, didn't want to get away from it, and obviously it's it's a long season. And kind of we we went through some kind of opposite last season, if if that's the right word. We we started off really hot, and um, kind of mid season we kind of hit a little bit of a funk, and at the end of the season we just couldn't. Get enough wins to jump in the playoffs. I think we ended up missing by one point. So um, completely opposite. We had a not the greatest start, not the start we wanted this year. And now we're we're uh, having a good finish. So um, it's it's been fun, and hopefully we continue to uh, stay strong here for the last ten games and get into the playoffs.
2: Well, you mentioned that you guys go to the rink expecting to win, and Colton, every athlete I've talked to will tell you that confidence has at least some impact on his or her game. Maybe more for some than for others, but everybody will bring it up as a factor. Like, was that confidence waning when you're sitting there second last in the league, when you lose a game to the Oilers that it looked like, you know, you had? You were 52 seconds away from winning or whatever it was. I mean, was that confidence still there that maybe some leaders in the room keep the spirits up? Uh, where did it come from?
0: yeah I think um I think they could mention a couple of different things i mean we we just knew from the beginning too that we we definitely had the personnel to to be a very good team, so we had that, and that was one of the the beauties and then second off I think we we beat some really good teams too uh through throughout the beginning of the season here and um uh, we were beating teams in their own building that were at the top of the league and stuff like that and um we just didn't couldn't seem to kind of click against some of the other other teams so um just when you beat teams like that you obviously know you have a special group and it just was a matter of time to kind of start putting some games together and once we we cut you mentioned 11 game winning streak we kind of win a few and um then you realize that all right like we got to continue to do this if we're going to keep climbing in the standings and then you start move, moving your way up in the standings and it gets a little bit more exciting and you want to keep making a push and um yeah 11 games goes by pretty quick and um, obviously, it, it was a huge, huge milestone for us and huge, huge uh, game for us. But uh, got us back in the standings and it got us, got us back to the level of confidence we needed. And uh, hopefully, it it continues.
2: A big story for the Blues this season was the coaching change. It was actually one day before the Oilers' coaching change. Uh, Mike Yo was dismissed, and Craig Berube came in. And you know, I, I know when a when a coach is is let go, the, the players often feel uh, you know like they take some responsibility. Sometimes they feel even a little embarrassed about it. Uh, what was this team's reaction to the coaching change? And, and tell me a little bit about the impact Barubi has had on the group.
0: Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, obviously, a lot of the onus is on the players. Um, we're we're essentially the ones that are out there. and We're the ones that are, are playing the actual game. And uh, I think uh, sometimes the coach can only put so many systems in place. Um, and it's just the, the players that got to go out there and, and get the job done. I think that a lot of it has to do with just playing together as a team. And um, I mean, I think that that's a big part of winning is just playing together as a team and um just working hard and uh, i think that obviously it sucks when you have a coach um coaching change and obviously mike was was really good here and uh i enjoy him and um yeah it's it's, just, it's a different feeling obviously i haven't i haven't been through it very often but it's just one of those things where a lot of the weight um for sure feels like it comes down on, on the players because like i mentioned earlier it's, it's something that we're, we're out there we're the ones that are playing the actual game and um it's it's, it's on us and then Craig has been great though uh coming in he uh he hasn't implemented many more systems or anything like that but he just uh made sure that uh, that our work ethic has been there I think that that's one of his biggest things right now is continuing to make sure that uh we come to practice and we we're prepared each day and uh, we know what it takes to win and that's obviously hard work and and uh it's it's been good we we've definitely had had another level of work ethic um And that's obviously helped us turn it
2: around. Colton Pareko joining us on Inside Sports, defenseman for the St. Louis Blues, Oilers and Blues, tomorrow night here on 630 Shed, Colton, in terms of your season, uh, solid offensively with 25 points. You are plus 15. Now, I know in the hockey world today, some people don't pay attention to, cusp, uh, to, to plus minus, so I'll give you your Corsi at 50.2%. Uh, are, are you a plus minus guy or a Corsi guy? Which stat uh, are you uh, think is more significant than are you more proud of?
0: Well... I'm gonna go with. I mean, plus minus is just easier because I understand it more. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those things where there's a full team out there, um, and obviously, it's it's nice to have a good plus minus or whatever. But at the same time, um, it's definitely. I don't have a plus fifteen just because of me. It's obviously my teammates that are out there with me every night. Um, we have a good good team around me, so that's nice. But I honestly don't even really know exactly what the course you stat stat is. So I'm not a, I'm not a big stat guy, I guess, per se. So uh, what exactly
2: is Corsi? Well, that's the percentage of shots that are taken while you're on the ice, both ends. Okay. So, if it's, so if it includes blocked shots and wide shots. So if you're over 50%, that means you're positive to the people that like that stat. Okay. So that was, that's interesting. I just had to explain it to you. Huh. <laughs> Uh, Col- 50.2. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're positive by 0.2%. Uh, Col- oh, baby. I better start firing some swords than that. <laughs> <laughs> Colton, Jordan Bennington, incredible story for you guys in goal. 17 4 1, five shutouts, a nine thirty 30 save percentage. Those are stats that anybody can understand, especially the one loss total is pretty impressive. I, I don't know what you knew about Jordan uh, before this season, but uh, incredible impact by your young goaltender there.
0: Yeah, he's uh he's been playing phenomenal and it's it's been cool to watch him come in and step in and just from his first game he got a shout out in Philadelphia, I still remember it. Uh just kept kept going from there and he didn't really look back, which is, is pretty cool and obviously for for a guy like that to come in and uh he's kind of been in the American League for a while and kinda of take over has has been cool. Uh it's it's been fun to watch and obviously he's been been a huge impact on our team through through this stretch run here, so um, hopefully you can continue and uh just keep doing his thing because it's it's been great and it's it's cool to see. So uh but I've I kind of knew him a little bit from training camp, just from previous training camps and things like that and uh it's it's nice to see.
2: Colton, you know the story with the Oilers. They have two guys who are in on a lot of their goals with Leon Draisaitl and Connor McDavid. Uh, we don't know how they're going to line up tomorrow. Sometimes they're on the same line, sometimes they're not. As a defenseman, do you have to defend differently if it's them on the ice on separate lines as opposed to them maybe being on the same line? What's it like facing them either together or apart?
0: Yeah, I mean, they're obviously a two dangerous players, they. Right? They have both a lot of skill, um, and I think that they they both bring different dynamics to the game. And I think, obviously, if they're on the same line, it might be a little different, but um, they're two players you obviously want to give no space to and not a lot of time here, or else they're going to make you pay so, for sure. So, um, obviously, you just got to be aware of who's on the ice and when they're on the ice. Um, I think every player in the league's good good nowadays anyhow. So, um, the quicker you can kind of close on opposing forwards, uh, the better. The less space you give them, obviously, the better as well. So, uh, obviously, we, we know how dangerous they are. You guys all at Edmonton have watched all season long. It's uh, pretty impressive what, what those two can do. So just got to make sure we we uh, contain them and do our best to limit their opportunities.
2: All right, and final one. Uh, I, I know obviously this game is in St. Louis, but anybody uh, from St. Albert going to be at the game tomorrow night?
0: Yes, actually. My mom flies in tonight, so um, she's staying. We have a four-game homestand here in St. Louis, so... She has a chance to stay here for a week, and uh, she flew in, and we're going to get a chance to spend a week together, so that's nice. So my mom will be here. Um, Actually, my sister gets in on Wednesday as well, so she's coming a few few days later, but... um, yeah, it'll be nice to have my mom
2: there tomorrow. He'll be eating well then for the next week, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's the plan. At least nice to nice to have her there. That's for sure. Colton, it's always great to that you make time for us here at Inside Sports. Uh, the Blues are on an incredible run. Thanks for filling us in on what's been going on there, man. All the best. Yeah, 100%.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It. It's always a pleasure to be on. It's always great to chat with
2: you. That is Colton Pareko, kid from St. Albert, doing well with the St. Louis Blues. The Blues have gone 16-5-3 in their last 24 games. It 6:20. Ian Herber is coming up after the 6.30 news. Uh, did you hear what Colton said about Corsi? He didn't know what it was. Dumb radio guy I had to tell him. We're back after the break.
1: This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630
2: Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We got a text from Vic, loyal listener and texter. He says, "Reed, you would have to admit there is a rare percentage of people who would know what Corsi is. That would make you really special, Reed. Your Corsi is somewhere around 55, which makes you elite. That is from Vic. I, you know, I was impressed that Pareko's plus fifteen on a team that didn't start the season well. So you would have been in the hole for a while. Uh, you can text me to six thirty six thirty. Do you know what Corsi is when it comes to a hockey stat, or am I talking Greek, or maybe you just don't care? You must know, Kellen. I've been here since you've started the show, and I still can't figure well, out. I what don't course talk he is. about it a lot because I'm I, I'm not that married to that stat, right? And obviously being a, a sports fan and a sports broadcaster, I, I like stats, but on the radio, excessive numbers I find don't always work well. Uh, so, the, of course, he's the, perc- the percentage of shots for that you are on the ice for over the course of a game. Five on five. So if I'm on the ice and my team takes six shots at the other team's net and gives up four, I'm a 60% Corsi, which, as Vic pointed out, would be quite good. But here, here's the problem with that stat, and it and it got it probably got more play a few years ago, and you had guys like Tyler Dello who were really big into it. You know, Dallas Aikens, who was the coach here for the Oilers briefly, was big into stuff like that. The, the problem with that stat is that a lot of the people who wanted to look at hockey from an analytical level place too much importance on it. I think there are a lot of stats that um, are, like, I think stats are interesting and there's always some you can isolate and say, oh, well, maybe that's important, but it's not the be all and end all. And here's, I think, and I doubt I'm the first person to say that, here's the crux of the problem. Uh, something like Corsi, is not the cause of playing good hockey, it is the result of playing good hockey. So the the people who are really into these stats will say, well, this guy has a 53% Corsi, so he must be a good hockey player, but they can't tell you what he does shift to shift that makes him a good hockey player. And that does also not tell you the quality of the shots he is getting. For example, who would you sooner have on your team? A guy that has a 52% Corsi and scores 14 goals in a season or a guy who has 48% and scores 40? To me, I think the choice is obvious, but but the the people who really got married to this Corsi stat, they wouldn't even look at goals. And they would say 52% is better than 48%. Over the long haul, that guy will outscore the other guy because he's directing more shots at the net. But obviously it doesn't work that way. So I, I think that, you know, there's a group of people who went into the analytic stats and said, oh, no, Corsi is is the cause of good hockey. Well, it isn't. It's the result of good hockey. And you have to look at everything's everything and take it all. Take a holistic approach. That's what I'm saying, Kellen. There's one off the old uh, bingo card. I used holistic approach on Inside Sports. <laughs> Uh, people texting in about uh, Neil Yakupov. Yes, I did see that there are reports of teams interested in Neil Yakupov. No, I do not think he would be coming back to the Edmonton Oilers. We will get to Ian Herberst, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, close at Nationals but couldn't quite close it out. NBA tonight, Raptors leading the New York Knickerbockers 54-42, halfway through the second quarter. We'll update the NHL scoreboard when we get back. Inside Sports on 630 Chet.
1: Your home for breaking news and
2: expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet. Still 1-1 Coyotes and Lightning early in the second period. Keller and Stamkos, the goal scorers, 36 on the season now for Stamkos. Canucks and Blackhawks just getting underway in Chicago. Later, L.A. home to Winnipeg, and the Sharks will take on the Golden Knights. The Oilers play the St. Louis Blues tomorrow. We had Blues defenseman Colton Pareko on in the first half hour of the show. 4.30 face-off show tomorrow, game at 6, all here on 6.30 Chet. You can reach out by texting 63630. Our phone number is 780-496-0063. I have some entertaining replies to my inquiry about your knowledge of Corsi. I'll get to those later on in the show. Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers has been named the third star of the week in the National Hockey League, led the NHL with nine points in four games as the Oilers won two of those games. Of course, he had the uh, two big goals against the Arizona Coyotes, including the overtime winner. On Saturday, up to 105 points on the season and still 10 games to go. Well, this team's season ended yesterday and one win short of where they ultimately wanted to get to, though a pretty good campaign nonetheless. That is the U of A Golden Bears hockey team coached by Ian Herbers. Ian, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? Good, Reid. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you making time for me, Ian. I, I know you didn't get the result you wanted uh, yesterday yesterday, Maybe just tell me a, a little bit about that game. I know there were some power play opportunities that went by the wayside. Uh, Rob Brown and I were watching a lot of that game. Rob really emphasized that as something that he thought uh, cost you guys. How did you see it?
1: Um, I thought they came out very hard. We knew they had an aggressive forecheck, uh, very aggressive pinching defenseman. Uh, we weathered the storm the first uh, eight minutes or whatever it was. Uh, got our first power play opportunity and scored immediately. Uh, I thought our entries and our breakouts, for the most part, were very good on our power play. Uh, a couple power plays, we weren't very good. Uh, we created a lot of momentum on our power plays, except for a couple of them. problem with our power play was, which has been a struggle for us all year, is face-offs matured as 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and the other part was they blocked a lot of shots as well they even five on five they had two or three guys that they kind of stacked the front of the net it's like the old soccer free kick where you put the line of defenders in front you got to try and kick around them so we got to work on our bending the puck a little bit for next year um also we took two minors we drew a five on three opportunity and we take a penalty immediately off the face off so there negates one of the power plays and then another power play in the second period we took another a uh, foolish penalty uh, to negate that power play. So you look at the numbers of power plays, we one for seven, I think. We only really maybe had five opportunities, and some of those are partial. So on the ones that we did, I thought our third one maybe in the first period wasn't very good, Uh but other than that, I thought we created some momentum and some opportunities, and we didn't put the puck in the back of the net
2: it seemed to me that that you did have some chances in the third period i mean even one late in the third uh and, and you know what you know obviously i was on air for the last half of the game so I wasn't watching it as closely but one of your forwards walked around one of their d with about 90 seconds left had a good shot their goaltender made the save uh, I thought Sachenko had a great season and a great game for you as well i mean did, did you look at that overall as a as a pretty well well goaltended game a pretty good goalie duel
1: I thought their goalie played very well, made some key and timely saves for him. We had some opportunities uh five on five as well. Losing um, Luke Phillip though early to almost 10 minutes into the game or a little bit before that, um, obviously hurts our power play. He's a key guy in our power play. Uh, we also use him on penalty kill on a regular basis, where he creates offense for us on the power play as well. Uh, and so power play five on five and penalty kill. Uh, so we're missing a bit of a chunk of our offense, which hurt us. That. And as I was telling you earlier, I thought they blocked a, a ton of our shots and opportunities, but we did create some opportunities where we did, uh, get through and we used some speed and blew by their defensemen. Uh, I thought Cox had a fantastic game, especially in one-on-one opportunities, and he created opportunities for himself. Uh, who has been fantastic and been a rock for us all season long and, uh, had a, a, a great playoff, playoff run.
2: Ian, is there an update on Luke Philp? It looked like he wasn't putting any weight on his left leg as he went off the ice yesterday.
1: Um, X-rays today I had to go for a scan. Nothing definite showed up. A uh, chance for a fractured ankle or maybe a high ankle sprain, uh, but not definite yet. Okay. Did as far as I've heard, at
0: least, anyways.
2: Was that? Was that? Did you Did you sense that being an emotional blow? When the team sees them going off the ice, how do you feel your players reacted to that?
1: We've had adversity all year long with injuries and guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, it gave opportunities to other guys to step up and you know get an opportunity to play in those situations. Uh, I thought for the most part our guys did did well, uh, but obviously you're not going to replace the uh, Player of the Year from U Sport, uh, just what he brings to every shift that he's on the ice, game in and game out.
2: Ian Herber is head coach of the U of A Golden Bears, joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Golden Bears falling short in the U Sports Championship game 4-2 yesterday to UNB. Ian, um, look, you and I talk often, and uh, I, I'm lucky enough to interview several of your players throughout the year, and, and whenever a guy commits to the U of A, I'll say, why did you come? And, and they'll say, because of the expectations, because there's a chance to win and you're expected to win. I mean, you guys had an awesome season, but I know you think all along the goal is University Cup Championship. So how do you sort of characterize the season now that you didn't quite get to that ultimate goal?
1: No, it was a very good season for us. The only thing we are kind of missed, I guess, is the cherry on top um, and the sprinkles. Um, we came a long way from the start of the year, a lot of changes. that's something we can use for motivation this summer and during the season, next season.
2: Ian, UNB has won four of the last seven university cups. The U of A Golden Bears have won the other three, so I think it was kind of fitting the two schools played yesterday. What can you say about UNB and their continued success? I mean, to me, they're obviously the the two top programs in men's university hockey.
1: Yeah, well, um, it was good that the two best teams got to play in the final. Uh, that's the ideal situation, which sometimes or a lot of times doesn't happen. Uh, so it was good to get to see. Uh, one game series, they were the better team on Sunday. They played well. They're obviously a very good team, very strong program. Um, got some very good players there. Uh, we just ran out of gas and with the injury and, uh, also Craig and I stick. He was gone there for 10 minutes in the first period as well. Uh, just to play this a little bit. But it's good. Any chance you can play teams like that, it helps your program to improve as well. And uh, I believe Gardner feels the same at at New Brunswick.
2: Ian, there was obviously the the incident at the uh, 30 seconds left in the game against Saskatchewan. A couple of their players got thrown out for fighting instigators. Sawyer Lang, for your team, got a fighting penalty. But because there was an instigator, he did get to play on Sunday. I don't think that is common in you sports and in Canada West, but is there enough in place punishment wise in your mind to to deter that from happening? I mean obviously Saskatchewan season was was over. They had a bronze medal game that was wasn't a big deal, so clearly they're trying to goad your players into things or even injure your players. Is there enough in place punishment wise to to totally discourage that type of thing?
1: I'm not uh fully knowledgeable on that region. it's something that should be looked at and when you do something like that they should be suspended for part of next year uh or some other sanctions or something else in place it's it's not the way the game should be played and especially at that level and we're trying to showcase our game and how good our game is at the u-sport level um to have something like that have and not have control of your players um it, it's it's that just gives us the black eye and our game so much better than that.
2: All right. Give me a quick outlook here. I think you have four graduating uh, fifth years, so there's the potential for a lot of this team to be back again.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, Three guys I recruited, uh, uh, Kieser, Legault, and Clarkson are all fifth years graduating from the program. Uh, Kenny Cameron joined us. Uh, he's graduating f- from the program as well. He had his first couple of years in Nate. Uh, we might have some guys leaving on pro opportunities here. So we're just in the process here now of, you know, final it, or meetings and team meetings and everything else and kind of clean up and evaluate the season and go through the entire year and see what we need to work on and improve on. Um, obviously, we've reached out to a number of players that we think are good fits for our program. Uh, not everybody can play for our program. Now obviously, they got to have the hockey skill and talent but they need to be academically strong as well and want to push at that end. We want both academic, all Canadians, and all-star, all Canadians as well on the hockey side. Um, So it's a challenge sometimes recruiting, but we've got good leads and talked to a number of players and very pleased where we're at with that right now.
2: Well, Ian, a great season. I mean, you guys played awesome, and like you said, went into Saskatchewan and won Canada West, and uh, fitting that you did play UNB, and I'll tip my cap to them because they got a great program. Thank you for always coming on Inside Sports throughout the year, and several of your players were on as well. I know we'll talk to you soon, Ian. Really appreciate it. Always our pleasure, Reed. Thank you. That is, Ian Herbert's checking in tonight, the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. Not quite, not quite yesterday against UNB. Uh, good game, great season for the U of A. And like I said, the two top programs in uh, men's university hockey in Canada. So it was fitting that they played each other in Lethbridge. All right, we will... What do you want to do here, Kellen? Beer God? Let's find ourselves a beer God. Let's do, <laughs> Let's do the beer God passes. This is for the Edmonton International Beer Fest this weekend at the Edmonton Convention Centre. So we'll give away uh, pair passes to one lucky winner. You'll have to answer two out of three true or false questions, brewer or false questions correctly, live on the radio, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 The Beer God gives you VIP seating, VIP line entry, entry into daily door prizes, brewery swag from some of the exhibitors. You get a uh, T-shirt, you get a lanyard, you get a sample mug, whole bunch of fun stuff we're going to make another beer god tonight kellen will line up the contestants at 7804960063 and we'll do the contest when we get back <laughs>
0: Hi, this is Ryan Nugent-Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Nugent, the Oilers
2: up against the Blues tomorrow, 4.30 face-off show game at 6 right here on 630 Chet. I had some text to 630, 630 about Corsi. If you missed it earlier, I asked uh, Colton Prager from the Blues, who is our very respectable plus 15 on the season, what he prefers as a stat, plus, minus, or Corsi. And uh, he said he didn't know what Corsi is. This texture says, Reed, Corsi does not take into account a checking line player who is up against the other team's top lines consistently. They are not asked nor expected to score goals, just prevent them. Their Corsi will always be lower because that is their role. Dave says, Hey, Reed, I always thought Corsi was more complicated than that. Thank you for the explanation. When I played Bantam, I was a plus minus champ as a defenseman, but I rarely scored myself. I was a Steve Steos type of guy. The scouts told me my lack of hitting the twine was my demise. Now I'm just a fan LOL. That is a text from Dave. And Yakushev, one of our most amusing texters to the program, says Corsi stands for crazily overhyped ridiculous stats index. Corsi, I or Yakushev, I admire both your spelling and your humor. I'm not sure which I admire more. I'll have to think about that. All right. We want to make somebody a beer god. Danay is our contestant. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you today? Good. You ready to rock and roll? Always. Do you let? First of all, do you enjoy beer? Of course, he does. <laughs> do you, do you <laughs> enjoy the Edmonton Oilers? At least sometimes. For now, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, brewer false, true or false? We'll start with the beer question. Skona Gold is a type of beer brewed by Alley Cat, based here in Edmonton. True. That is indeed true. Mark Messier was the last oiler to win the Hart Trophy as NHL MVP. 12. You are correct, and you're a beer god. How does it feel? Uh, it feels fantastic. <laughs> no, it's, are, you, are you driving or you're at work? It sounds like you're somewhere. No, I'm just driving on the Bluetooth there. Okay. Well, I appreciate that you listen and that you called in. Is there anything else you would like to get off your chest tonight? Here's your I opportunity. I
0: about Yakubov earlier, but I guess you shut that down pretty
2: quick. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if that would... I know it's different management, or it, it will be. I, I don't know if that's a ship that's going to dock here in Edmonton again. What do you think? I am hoping. You know, we need wingers right now. So, you know, him and, yeah, him and Connor had some chemistry for a bit, so it wouldn't be no harm in trying, right? Yeah, that's fair, and you probably could get them cheap, which they're going to need. Hey, stay on the uh, line, and Kellen's going to take down your info and let you know how to pick up the passes. Okay, I really appreciate you calling in. Okay, thank you. All right, so there's another beer god, and we're going to have one more on uh, Wednesday. We'll have the Oilers game tomorrow, and then we will. Uh, I don't. You don't crown a beer god. What do you do? It's a pretty illustrious term. You'd be crowned a beer king. We're going to deify another beer god? (laughs) That's what we're going to do. We're going to deify one more person coming up on Wednesday. That sounds great. Uh, inside Sports on 630 Chat. Don't forget, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. They have their brunch, Northern Chicken style, buttermilk biscuits, sausage, gravy, and smashed potatoes. That's a sun- at Sundays, 11 a.m. until 2. You can visit northchickenyeg.com. We have a lot to talk about uh, later on in the show. And we're going to have open line time and more time to read text. Hopefully some of you will be able to call in after about 7.20. We uh, can talk a little bit about, uh, I know people were upset last night about the goal interference, that the challenge was denied and the Vegas goal stood. We had one caller who felt there's uh, perhaps even a conspiracy against the Edmonton Oilers to uh, rob them of beneficial calls and games. And we had a caller who was very upset about stories and in this time I, I use the word stories in terms of fiction uh that Connor mcdavid's going to want to be traded out of edmonton a lot of those are, are written by people in, in other cities shall we say so i'll riff on all that and you'll be able to jump in when we get back we'll talk some whl big tiebreaker game tomorrow When speaking of the Golden Bears, former coach Serge Lajoie now with the Kamloops Blazers will be coaching Kamloops against Kelowna in the tiebreaker game. We'll catch up with Serge when we get back. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.